It's time to step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the music city. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford along with Glenn Blackwell, Danielle Denena, And inside studio with us we have Peyton Turner, Jonah Story, and Max Hers behind the glass with us. Happy to have you here, Max. I've known Max for a while now, so so good to see it's him. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. So, <laughs> so the past week, it's been quite a past week in hockey in general. So there's been a Pecorine goal. There's been a Brad Marchand who can't... No goal. No, no, goal, no connection to the puck whatsoever no goal. Completely missed it. Yeah. And there's been a Philip Forsberg cross-style goal and another head coach being fired, Gerard Gallant, which I don't think anyone really saw that one coming. That was in Pete DeBoer yeah. hired on there as well. So quite the interesting week in hockey. Let's go ahead and touch first instant reactions because it's been a while since we've been on air. So last last time I was on air was last Thursday, the pregame, postgame show with Derek McFarland here on the game Nashville and watching on TV the Pecorine goal. And so real quick, I wanted to, since it's been a while, your instant reaction and the feeling when you saw that happen, Glenn. You could not help but just – I know that most everybody that saw that probably just automatically started smiling, <laughs> right? And when we talk about how good it feels when you see Pecorine so happy because this is something that he has not done before – and we all got to watch the thrill. He's always talked about it, how he wanted. He's tried. He, yeah. He wanted one. He's tried for it. And it just didn't work out. But, man, he lifted it up just high enough to get past everybody in neutral ice. And the second it hit the ice, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this, this is actually happening. This is going it in. Happened. So I was thrilled and am still so thrilled for him because it was a long time coming. Long time coming. And especially it's funny you see some people making fun. Like, oh, how is that a goal? It was only 12 have done it, and how many have actually attempted to try to do it? And it wasn't a, oh, he's the last one to touch it. It was he actually shot it. Yeah. And that's happened even less than goalies that are credited with a goal or goalies that actually shot the puck to score a goal. Yeah. So I'm that's like, how is such that a big deal. Not a goal. It was a, a goal. Deal. It went to the net. It's legit <laughs> deal. And it's, it's difficult. If you've ever had on the goalie gloves, in which you have, you have the blocker yep. and, and the glove, and then you have the stick you have to hold too, it's Really difficult to do and that and almost, to shoot it. Yeah, right up in that trapezoid, right up against the boards, basically. And he right, he just, stopped it. It was he, incredible. He looked, he aimed, and he fired it out with plenty of sauce as well. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what I was really impressed about it. Danielle as well, the fan perspective of this, watching it too. The most exciting part of watching that goal was the team's reaction when Roman Yossi came up and gave him a big old hug and just just sitting there watching it. I didn't believe it at first. <laughs> I had to watch it back a few times, but that was a rocket, 200 feet down the glass, up and over. I just, I didn't believe it. I, I went to Twitter right away, and 40 million tweets were flooding in. <laughs> oh my God, he finally did it. And it's just so good to see him finally achieve that, and just how happy he was, and how happy the team was. It was special. And here we go. It was the first the first real win of the John Hines era, and of all things, it was in Chicago. So if there was any team 
that if you want it to be away and Pecorino to score, if it couldn't be at home, it's probably it's going really, to be yeah. in Chicago against Chicago to win the game. After all these years, that's a really, <laughs> really good place for that to happen. So that's a good place. You could tell the disappointment. Like you're one of the teams now that has had a goalie actually score against yeah. you. Yeah, and aside from <laughs> it being aside from it being something that Pekka's tried to do and wanted to do for so long, I think it gave just that. That whole morale boost for the team to kind of come together. Oh, sure. Like Danielle said, you saw all of them were just as happy in his excitement and sharing that with him. And so I think it kind of gave just a little bit of a jump start going into the next game. Oh, sure. And for the, this team to go 2-1 and one on the road trip, say that's all right. You, that's what you want, 2-1. and one. You went, Get four out of the six points that you possibly can. <laughs> and even in last night's game against Edmonton, they didn't look bad. No. It wasn't for a lack of effort. They were firing everything. Philip Forsberg was trying to take over the game. Just wasn't able to. And so we look at the, the Blackhawks game, a 5-2 win, and then the Winnipeg game, which is really funny. I mean, if you go on NHL.com and you watch the highlights, it's the quote-unquote the three-minute highlight that's actually five minutes long. Three and f- three minutes, 45 seconds are spent in the first period. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the minute 15 is spent on the second and third. I think there's legit one highlight from the second period. Oh. in this game and then it was that kind of game. A, three highlights from the third period that's it it was that kind of game but they won that's yep. the thing is that they won a close game a one nothing game they're able to get the shutout in winnipeg a team that they're battling in terms of playoff position and everything like that so a very important win and good that kyle turris got that often assist by yakov trenin which was a great pickoff that he had to intercept the pass which was a lazy lazy pass by winnipeg and turn that into a scoring opportunity. He took advantage of it, and that's all they needed. So that, that right there, too, another big win. It's a divisional win. So two divisional wins in a row. They go to Edmonton, where it was apparently at one point negative 43 Fahrenheit. Oh, that's I disgusting. Know what that feels like. <laughs> Brooks Bratton tweeted that out in the morning. But I think it was up to negative 26 at game time. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we felt wind chills of negative 22 in Boston before. Wind chills, too. Yeah, yeah and that was just wind exactly. chills. But I think that if it gets to, like, 10 degrees at that point, anything lower than that is just flat-out cold. You're not really feeling the know, difference. Yeah, like, what would that oh, what's be compared between negative to 15? 15 and negative exactly. 30? And it's, you know that takes a toll on their body, too. Oh, like sure. If your muscles get that, oh, yeah. God. Oh, sure. Gross. So, so in that game, obviously, the Philip Forsberg lacrosse style goal, which he's tried plenty of times, just like Pekka's tried plenty of times, the goalie goal. Philip Forsberg has tried trick shots all the time. And I mean, I don't really like calling it a trick shot. It is a way to score a goal. And as oh, long yeah. as it doesn't go above the crossbar, it is a way to score a goal. Yep. You're putting the puck in the back of the net. That's what counts. Yep. But he tried two attempts on the between the legs. Forsberg was feeling it, and he was trying to take over the game. He just couldn't. And on the flip side, you were playing against Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Have the Oilers been struggling here and there? Yes, they do, because they're the Oilers. But you still have two of the top goal-scoring guys yeah. in the league that are, like you said, dynamic. They're mm-hmm. dynamic players. And so the one time when Connor McDavid is able to retrieve the puck, skate it around in front, in front of Pekka, and Pekka makes a great save too, and someone commented, what about that save by Pekka? I'm like, yeah, it was a great save by Pekka, but Connor McDavid to keep control of that puck was really impressive. Great on Pekka yep. to make that save. But that shows generational talent with what Connor McDavid's able to do. He's flying around the ice because he's Connor freaking McDavid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like you cannot, you can't leave him alone for. Yeah, take for two off seconds. the gold colored glasses and appreciate a talent when yep. there's a talent out there. And not just him, they have Leon Dreisaitl, yep. who was ridiculous as well. So I think the Predators last night. Played a, a, overall a good game. They were they were doing the right things, and then there were just some times where they made mistakes, like taking a penalty and going against the top power play in the league. Yeah. And oh. as it should be when you have that type of offensive talent as mm-hmm. well, that power play should be pretty darn good. 
who wants to chance it against McDavid and Drysdale together, right? No, especially when you've got you know the second so, to last. <laughs> so you got to play smart in the, in the league. Yeah, so. so so you have to play smart, and then they, there were a couple blips right there where they didn't, and they allowed an empty net goal because it's just interesting clear intent. But overall, the game I thought they played well, and if they continue to play that way like they did against Edmonton, against most teams, they will win more times than not by having. Good shot opportunities, quality opportunities, driving to the net. Forsberg playing like he was playing as well, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to see from Philip Forsberg. It was a Adam Vinken of the Athletic was on the morning program and talking to Braden Gall and Derek Mason, and he even said, you know, you haven't seen that Forsberg that takes over games a lot, yeah. much this season. And but if the if John Hines allows him to be that kind of player, where it's like, yeah, be creative, drive to the net, do what you need to do, Phil. Mm-hmm. That's going to be impressive and important for this team because you have some natural scoring ability on this team that needs to be let loose. Yep. And I was thinking the exact same thing, Justin, because that's one thing that when John Hines was hired here, a lot of talk around the league was that he is fantastic with player development, letting those those superstar players be the superstar players that they are, putting them in places and systems, set them up to be their best self and we're starting to see that and we've talked on the show and a lot of other people have talked recently just about how you know Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne there's there's just that next there's another level and then there's another level after that and so we've kind of just felt like we're watching them in this rut of just we know y'all can do something (laughs) just do it so maybe this is the start of us being able to see those players finally break out and show us what they've got because we know it's there. And it's not even about just breaking out skill-wise, it's breaking out mentally. They're finally pushing past that brick wall that they were sort of held behind when LaViolette was coached just because they couldn't do what they needed to do and what they were most talented at individually. And when your players are individually that talented and they have that brick wall mentality where nothing's going to shake them, you mix the talent and the mental and they're unstoppable. Because the chemistry is so deep, the individual talents will blend. And raising those talents and raising the mentality... They're unstoppable. And and we'll touch on it later in the show, too. But Yakov Trenin, Colin Blackwell, Alex Carey, getting some of these young guys some playing time, especially Yakov Trenin, really have enjoyed his play as well. But let's look at the, the standings update right now. And it's still a kind of unique territory uh, for the Predators because they're at 49 points. So they are currently five points out of a playoff spot, a wild card spot. Vegas, who huh, fired their coach, Gerard Gallant. Vegas, who's been fluctuating because of the Pacific, Vegas is currently one spot out of a wild card, yet only three points out of number one in their division. That's <laughs> Which insane. says so a lot about the That's division. how tight and overall mediocre the Pacific is. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. They're a mediocre division compared to the Central, mm-hmm. where you have St. Louis at the top of 67 points. So the difference between St. Louis and then Winnipeg and Nashville, Winnipeg, at 54 points, Nashville at 49. That's a huge spread from number one in the division to who's hovering around the wild card spot. So it shows a really big gap right there. Even Dallas at 58 points, Colorado at 56 points. Nashville, though, played 45 games. And you think of this because Vegas trying to obviously get a boost to get to the playoffs because the expectation levels are high there. They've been high since day one with, with Vegas is that they're right in the mix of things. Yet they have four games more played than Nashville. So Nashville has four games in hand on Vegas. Nashville has two games in hand in Winnipeg and Vancouver, and games in hand in almost every team still. They're still trying to play catch-up. So it's interesting with the standings. I'm not trying to silver lining anything or you know, sugarcoat stuff. They still have plenty of work to do, this team does. But I'm saying that they're right in the mix. But that's what you Rather than be in the mix, in oh, the thick yeah. of things, than be 10 points out. Yeah. Five points out is very doable with what yep. you can accomplish in that, especially if they play to where they're winning. You know, 
two games here, maybe lose one, but they need to go on a little bit of a streak here, win three or four in a row, losing a shootout maybe or losing overtime, win another two or three in a row, and maybe you could lose in regulation. You're ha- you need to be winning at least a qu- three quarters of your games mm-hmm. and getting points for them to be battling for that spot because there's still opportunity for them to be number three. They have to make a push. Right now, just make the playoffs. Oh, for sure. And that's not sugarcoating. So, that's just the reality of Right. They're in the thick the of division. it, though. Yeah. And that's, that's all you can really hope for right now with the way the season's gone is be in the thick of it, be competitive, and be glad you're not Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> or, or be glad you're not Minnesota, who forgot to dress six defensemen. Against Sidney Crosby in his return. Are yeah. you kidding? How do you do that? How, As how a coach, do you, how do you do that? That's you, you wild. Run, you run down the sheet like, okay, one, two, three, four, five... <laughs> Well, we don't need another hand account defenseman, do we? <laughs> I might have my blonde moments, but that's just, that blows my mind. I don't, I don't get it. It's Minnesota. All right. So it's been interesting weather, really rainy. And when it's raining not, you start thinking of vacation, right, Glenn? And it, yeah. And it's starting to feel like spring, summer-ish. Weird. Just wait. It's Tennessee. Degrees. So February is around the corner where you know. know what February is like in Tennessee. Yeah. But when it gets to be rainy and dreary out sometimes, you start thinking of summer vacation. And what better way to celebrate spring vacation than with some other hockey fans, so like-minded individuals that love the game of hockey, love the Nashville Predators, and hey, you know what? On this hockey fan cruise that we're doing in July, July 12th to 19th in Royal Caribbean with Ships and Trips Travel, HockeyFanCruise.com, for more information, is Stu Grimson is coming with us. That's it. That's, the Grim Reaper is yeah, coming Justin with us. Grim Grim yeah, of course. Heck yeah. The Grim Reaper is coming. The NHL Network analyst, former Predator, former Blackhawk, former Hurricane, former Red Wing, former Duck, is coming on the cruise with us, Stu Grimson, to have trivia nights. We're going to do some Q&As with him to talk about it. Obviously, he has his book that just came out. We've had him on the show to talk about that. He's going to be there for cocktail nights. You get to interact with a, with a former NHL or a former Predator and just have up-close personal time with him to where you can talk about hockey and the sport and everything with him on this cruise. That's HockeyFanCruise.com. We're going to Cosmo, Costa Maya, and Roatan Honduras with the ice rink on the ship. So you're going to get to skate with Stu as well. And he, he can he can skate. So he can hockey, just a couple of yeah. things, I think. Hockeyfancruise.com. That's hockeyfancruise.com. Book it now because rooms are going to keep filling up for that. Okay, up next we have an interview with Philip Tomasino, the 2019 National Predators first round pick. And we'll have that up next on Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 the game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio. Here on 1025 the game. And up next we have a conversation with Natural Predators first round pick in 2019, Philip Tomasino. He was recently traded from the Niagara Ice Dogs of the OHL to the Oshawa Generals in the OHL. Make sure everybody knows it does not mean he was traded away from the Predators. Remember, he signed his ELC. So when he turns pro, he is Natural Predators property. This is an Ontario Hockey League trade. But the big thing is, he was traded for nine draft picks and defenseman David Gucciardi. Nine draft picks, a let's see, six second round picks. One third-round pick and two fourth-round picks. This is not necessarily uncommon in junior hockey, but that just shows the value of Philip Tomasino and the kind of season that he's had so far for the Niagara Ice Dogs and then the Oshawa Generals in regards to that, that he has now 67 points in 39 games. (laughs) So what a season for, for Philip Tomasino so far. Caught up with him earlier today, and here's my conversation with Philip Tomasino. Philip, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. So let's let's talk about the trade and everything too. I'm sure it's been a whirlwind of a week for you as well. Just first of all, how did you find out how it happened? Um, yeah, I actually didn't uh, didn't kind of really know about it until um, you know, maybe a couple of days before the the trade had actually happened. And obviously, um, you know, speaking to to my advisor and my family as well, just um, you know, a lot of things. Uh, you know, we took a lot of things into consideration, and um, you know, obviously, I've been in uh, been in Niagara since 
since day one, so it was uh, it was hard for me to you know to leave that spot. But I think uh, you know Osh was a, a top notch uh, you know organization as well. So I'm uh, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to to the rest of the year. But um, in terms of the trade, didn't uh, didn't really know too much until uh, maybe a couple of days before the the trade had actually uh, you know had happened. So. So th- that's unique then because, I mean, obviously in the pros, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's the GM gives you calls like, hey, you've been traded, but here at least you're able to have some discussions, you're able to talk about everything because it is really important that because it's a change of lifestyle. Is that something that you really appreciate that you're able to be a part of that decision? Um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, juniors, uh, you know, a big difference from, from the pros, obviously, but, um, no, it's nice to kind of have, uh, you know, a few few days notice and obviously it's, it's hard, you know, in, ter- in terms of, um, you know, making changes but uh, everyone here has made it, uh, you know, pretty pretty easy for me. So uh, I'm really lucky. I'm looking forward to, like I said, to the, to the rest of the year as well here for sure. So sure. So and now, obviously the trade, Oshawa sent a lot to Niagara. Is that a pretty good feeling personally to know that a, a team values you that much and wants you so much to be a part of their organization that they're giving away that much to the to, to Niagara to, to bring you in because they want you that badly? Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, you don't have really, you don't have really control over that, but um, you know, it's nice, obviously, to see um, you know an organization have that much, you know, belief in you, and, and uh, obviously, I'm, I'm honored about that. But um, you know, that means you know, I gotta gotta do everything I can to, to help this team win, and um, you know, that, that's I think that's the type of player I am. You know, I try to do everything I can to help the team win. So um, I mean, it's obviously, um, you know, it, it, it's an honor to be here, like I said earlier. So uh, it's just, it's just awesome, and um, you know, like you said, for for that many picks, I guess it's it's pretty. Uh, you know, it's a pretty pretty nice feeling, but at the same time, you know you gotta you gotta be uh, you know a guy that you know you can be you know counted on to get the job done. Um, you know that every aspect of the game. So uh, you know I want to be that guy for for this team, and um, you know obviously um, there's there's a lot of great players on this team, and I'm really lucky to be here. So absolutely. And so in junior, a lot of people may not know. There's a lot of times billet families and everything like that. How does that work? Do you just up and have to leave the billet family and say goodbye? And just and how hard of a of a of a feeling is that to know you have to make that change? Yeah, obviously, um, you know my billets have. I've had the same billets since uh, since day one in Niagara as well. So uh, that that was hard for me. I didn't, uh, you know, I kind of told my billets the the same day that uh, the trade had happened. So uh, I was a little a little tough in that aspect for sure. But um, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful, obviously, for for everything they've done for me. Though they're 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 basically my you know my second family. So uh, they're they're amazing. And, um, it was tough, obviously, to, to leave them for sure. It was tough to leave, like I said, to leave Niagara in general. But um, obviously, now coming here, uh, I've been here for a few days now, so it's been uh, it's been awesome. And, um, I'm really enjoying enjoy myself here. I'm having a, having a great time as well. So, yeah. And speaking of great time, you had quite the debut mm-hmm. with your new team. Just uh, what was that like to come in and make such an impact on your new team in your first game with them? Um, yeah, obviously, um, you know, it was nice first off to you know, to get the win. Obviously, Windsor's a uh, a great team, obviously. You know, Igor's on that team, so uh, I knew we were kind of going head-to-head against them, so it was going to be fun. But um, no, they they were on a you know they were on a nice little win streak there, so uh, we wanted to go in there and, and you know kind of snap that. And uh, it was nice to do that first and foremost. And obviously, uh, you know, for myself, obviously, I think uh, you know, I had a pretty pretty good game overall. I mean, um, you know, I, I think without the help of my uh, you know, with the, without the help of my teammates, obviously, I think that. Uh, it doesn't happen, but uh, it was just a great, great game from everyone. Obviously, I think that that goes for the whole weekend. I mean, uh, I think uh, our team played really well, and obviously, you know, we uh, it really showed on the on the score sheet, and uh, we had we you know we had a great weekend. So uh, it's been uh, it's been a great first uh, you know, few days here, and I'm looking forward to to the rest of the season as well. So sure, I mean, you said everybody's been so welcoming there too. Just 
it's obviously one of those things in hockey that it's a brotherhood. So how easy is it to come into a locker room with guys that you played against in the past and yeah. come in and be part of this new team? What how does that transition been like with meeting your your new teammates? Yeah, it's been uh, like I said, it's been pretty you know a lot easier than uh, than I expected for sure. Um, you know, obviously uh, I've been with the same group of guys uh, my my whole you know junior career. So to kind of come in here and not really know too too many guys, obviously knowing that playing with a couple of guys throughout the years, but not not too many of them. Uh, it was it was awesome. Obviously, the guys, great great group of guys here, and um, you know the coaching staff as well. Just everyone, just you know, just amazing. And um, you know, like I said, just they made it so so easy for me to kind of come in here and know kind of know the schedule and stuff like that. It just it's been uh, it's been a lot easier than I than I you know I expected. And uh, it's been unreal. And obviously, the group of guys has just been awesome. Me, and I'm really thankful for that as well. And now, too, another one of your teammates from Niagara, Akil Thomas, was also uh, traded as well. Just uh, obviously, you two worked really well together in terms of being a, a yeah. big one-two punch in, in Niagara as well. So, what are you going to miss about playing, uh, being on a team with him? Yeah, obviously, um, he's, he's a great first off, a great, great guy, great character guy. So, um, definitely going to miss uh, you know being around the locker room with him. And obviously, he's a great player as well. But uh, it was pretty nice to you know to be able to play my my first game at uh, in, in Northern Oshawa against him and. It was you know kind of weird lined up against him for the first time, but it was awesome. Obviously, you know every chance uh, you know I get, I want to you know want to play against him and I want to you know I'll, I'll compete him and stuff like that. So it's nice to you know to play against a guy at that that high of a level. And uh, he's just uh, he's just a great great guy overall, great great player. So uh, I was it was uh, you know, I was lucky to kind of learn learn from him and uh, you know gain experience from him. But at the same time, you know I, I enjoy uh, enjoy playing against him. It's a pretty good uh, pretty good competition out there. So. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And so looking at Oshawa now, it's everything in the OHL is so close until you get a kind of out west and north, northwest yeah. of the teams and everything. So it's not too far of a distance away just on the other side of Toronto. But what's one of those things that were you familiar with Oshawa at all before while growing up or anything like that? Um, yeah, actually, I, I was, uh, you know, went to a few games, um, you know, maybe four or five years ago. So I've known, uh, so I've kind of known, known around the area for, for, for quite a while, so it's nice when you know you come into an area you're kind of familiar with. Um, obviously, I don't live don't live too uh, too far, um, you know, back home is not too far from here, so it's pretty nice. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with the with the city and stuff like that, so uh, it's been nice. Obviously, I think that that's helped a lot, you know, a little bit with uh, with the transition as well. But uh, like I said earlier, it's just been just been you know awesome here and. Um, you know, you just, you just look at the organization itself. You know, it's first class, and just everything about it's just just unbelievable. So uh, I'm really, uh, you know, I'm really happy to be here and lucky to be here as well. So absolutely. And so for people that may not know, uh, with the OHL, I mean, the fan bases are incredible uh, because people there, it's like they'll have their pro team, but they're even more dedicated to their OHL team. It seems oftentimes. So yeah. What's that like to know that you have, that especially in the OHL, Oshawa, Niagara, any of these teams that they're so dedicated to fans there that that is their number one team and their pro team is their second team. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, um, you know, we didn't really play um, in, in Niagara. We didn't really play Oshawa too much, um, you know, during the regular season. So I never really got a chance to see uh, the fans here in Oshawa. But um, just from you know, just from last Monday, I mean. I was sold out, you know, on, on a Sunday night. So, um, you know, I already, can, you know, already know that the fans here are unbelievable. Um, I'm looking forward to playing the final this year here. And uh, obviously Niagara, I mean, uh, you know, Niagara fans were always there for us the last uh, two and a half years. So they were they were amazing as well. Just, I would say, two of the best, uh, two of the best fan fan base in the league for sure. But I think that goes for the for the whole league as well. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of fans um, you know love their only teams and. It's fun to go sometimes, you know, go on the rink on the road and, and it's sold out and play in front of sold out crowds. So 
uh, I think it's just just a great, 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 great league overall in terms of that, and it's just uh, just unbelievable to play in, obviously. But like I said, uh, I think uh, Oshawa here is the fan base that are known in for uh, for Niagara as well. So, and, and lastly, just uh, people were obviously concerned because some of them may not have understood how trading works in the OHL and everything. But in terms of the National Predators organization, uh, have you been able to hear from them since the trade? Has anything changed, kind of, with what their goals are for you, or just kind of like, hey, keep on doing what you're doing and keep on developing? Yeah, I mean, uh, not really too much. Obviously, um, you know, I've spoken with them, uh, you know, a little bit, but I think that just you know, focus on uh, you know, focus on our team right now and focus on on doing what you can to you know, top the team. Like I said earlier, but um, you know, I think uh, you know, my goal is to, is to play in Nashville next year, so uh, I'm going to do everything I can to you know, to be there. And but at the same time, you know, right now my focus is uh, is, is is in Oshawa, so uh, I'm focused on on winning games and helping the team win. So uh, just uh, not really too much, but. At the same time, uh, you know, I've obviously been in contact with uh, with a lot of the guys there, so they've been uh, they've been great to me, and I'm uh, you know obviously I'm, I'm honored to you know, to be able to obviously you know be be, be a part of the of the organization national. So it's just uh, just awesome. I mean, uh, everything uh, everyone's been uh, been so helpful to me, um, you know, ever since I've been here. So it's just uh, just a great great overall uh, you know, atmosphere for sure. Excellent. Well, Phil, thank you so much for your time. Uh, big, big time debut there in Oshawa. So excited for you and this new opportunity for you. And we'll be following along. And again, thanks for talking with us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Philip Tomasino there. Uh, lots of big things happening for him. He has 10 points in three games since being traded to Oshawa. I mean, really? I mean, really. And if, if you could hear that there, too, my apologies on the purring. My Don't cat was sitting apologize. next to the mic. Never Don't apologize you dare apologize for, the cat, for pepper purring. I could, not, I could not get her to move, and I didn't want her meowing. I need it. I need, actually need her in studio. I'll bring Atticus, and you bring Pepper. There we go. I'll there bring we go. my cat, Joey. Oh, it, yeah, it there we go. To, here we go. It adds okay. to the dynamic of the interview. Cat next week, the stay studio. tuned. All right. <laughs> Okay, well, folks, we want to talk hockey with you because we don't get to open the lines that often. So the next two segments, we're going to open the lines. We have Twitter questions to answer as well, so we have plenty of stuff to keep talking hockey. We're going to talk, I know, Yakov Trenin, Colin Blackwell, Alex Carrier, plus the whole team in general. So if you want to give us a call, 615-737-1025. Again, that's 615-737-1025. Call and chat hockey with us here on Penalty Box Radio. So more next on ESPN 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio. And ESPN 1025, the game. Justin Bradford here, along with our own Mississippi Queen, Glenn Blackwell. That is my anthem. <laughs> play it louder. Her anthem. We're going to play this song the whole segment. That's my oh anthem. Gosh, we're going to be one of those shows. <laughs> karaoke, se- <laughs> along karaoke with, session. Along with Danielle Donata, Jonah Story, Peyton Turnage, Max Hers behind the glass, spinning those tunes for us, hitting all the buttons. <laughs> Taking care of us. Mississippi right there on them tunes. All <laughs> the them tunes. <laughs> He's changing. <laughs> so before we get to our Twitter Q and A for the next few segments, a reminder that we have our phone lines open six one five seven three seven one zero two five six one six one five seven three seven one zero two five. And a reminder, G Nash Hockey is back up and going with high school back in action. So plenty of games going on right now. So Monday being a holiday, there's still two games going on. We have Ravenwood at Father Ryan. Should be a fun one at Bellevue at 8.15 p.m. That's Monday. And then Independent Summit Spring Hill takes on Centennial Page at 8.45 p.m. at Ford Ice Center in Antioch. Those are both games on Monday night. So make sure to go out and support your local high school hockey team. Get out there and support them. And, hey, coming up in February, February 7th to 9th at Ford Ice Center in Bellevue, it's the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference. That's the tournament, the championship, Eight of the 16 teams competing for the 
Cup. It is going to be fun. This is their first tournament since expansion, so the one versus eight should be a darn good game. Really excited for that February 7 to 9 at Ford Ice Center in Bellevue. So teams like Georgia, Georgia Tech, Ole Miss, Arkansas, South Carolina, Florida Atlantic will be there. And then you have teams like Tennessee and Auburn all battling for spots to be in the tournament as well. Nothing is guaranteed in that tournament. So hope you all can come out and enjoy that. Okay. Let's get to some of these questions on Twitter. We have some great ones here as well. This one is from Gin and Juice. Yep. That is so great. And Juice <laughs> is spelled J-U-U-S-E. Yeah, so I mean, if you're... So y'all know. If, if we want to... For me, it'd be Gin and Juice. Well, yeah, but they play on... Yes. I know. I know. It's very clever. Jeez, Justin. Give them credit. I love it. I just said it was clever. Whatever. <sighs> okay. Have you noticed an uptick in the play of anyone specifically under Hines? Maybe name specific plays that created that idea. Uh, for example, Glenlin has had one of his best statistical stretches of the year, driving play, scoring pretty well, creating from below the goal line on the power play. I, I, it's hard to tell in still a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Overall, I've just noticed play being a little bit different in terms of that they're trying to drive it to where defensemen are trying to make an outlet pass and make it get it to the forward so that they can go and create instead of making the defenseman create all the time. Yes, you want your defenseman to be involved in the offense mm-hmm. as well. Always. You want your defenseman to at least be involved but not to always drive the play. So it's trying yeah. to get to the creative forwards that they can drive play and trying to get in as well. And so not so much as necessarily cycling the puck mm-hmm. a lot, but driving the play like that. So it's hard to tell specific players, but I can tell guys that seem to be thriving that go to the net seem to be like a Yakov Trent and a Colin yeah. Blackwell, guys like that. Uh, Rocco Grimaldi's doing doing still what he does, and it's hard to tell. I think we need to get, say, 10 games <laughs> so we can see a true difference. Stop coughing, Peyton. See a true difference <laughs> in, in the style of play. But but that's what I, it's, I've seen a slight difference there as well, but it's still going to take a bigger sample size for me to really evaluate yeah, what I'm seeing yeah. out there. But yeah, certain players are going to thrive in certain systems, and like you even said noted earlier about Forsberg and developing some young players, be interesting mm-hmm. to see some of these young guys if they develop a little bit differently, which they obviously will under a different coaching style. Yeah, and I like overall what I'm seeing too. Like you mentioned, a lot of that drive towards the net, we talked about that net front presence is always a good thing. And so that kind of got lost in the Predator system over the last couple of years, but we're starting to see that surface again. And also just, I think that Heinz is, I'm starting to see just a little bit of what Heinz had talked about, you know, controlling neutral ice, controlling that area, because you can, a game can get quickly out of hand if you don't, if you don't control the middle. And I'm starting to see a lot more dominance there, a lot more of a grit, if you will, um, I'm starting will. to see, yeah, I'm just starting to see a lot more of that. And so I think that that gives them, that's going to give any team the advantage because if you lose that consistently, you're constantly chasing, you're constantly chasing. So I think, like you said, it's hard to tell specific player by player, but overall I'm liking what I see in certain areas of the ice. Canuck for Liberty asks, so has Trenton done enough to preview should stay with the big club through the stretch run once the team gets healthy? Yeah, I really like Trennan, and I know there's a question later about Austin Watson, but he's kind of doing what you would hope Austin Watson would be doing more of, mm-hmm. which is to being able to throw the body, being able to stand up for yourself if you're able to, and make Charles knees buckle, uh, mm-hmm. but also have an offensive upside because you saw that as well, that on his forecheck he was able to intercept a pass and create a scoring play. And seeing little things like that that he's doing well, that he's using his big body, but also having a scoring upside, that's what I've liked about Yakov Trennan's game, and I'm really glad to see that he's been able to turn that into that because I don't think many people thought Yakov Trent was going to be the first name for a call-up and he's kind of turned into that because he is he's flourishing right now in regards to what you want him to do to flourish because 
He has plenty of games under his belt. When you think of this season, he's played 12 games already mm-hmm. this season. Wow, yeah. And seem like that. Yeah, so that's almost, that's close to a quarter of the games. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> of the season, and he has six points in those games. Two goals and four assists. That's not bad for a guy that's playing third-line minutes. You yeah. have six points in 12 games. That's a half a point per game is not bad at all. And you think of half a point per game, playing a whole season, you're expected is like 41 points. Mm-hmm. Again, not bad for a bottom six guy, especially a third-liner. So I like that part. He's playing that role, and he's doing it fairly well. He's throwing the body, banging around, and continuing to contribute as much as he possibly can. And you can see it in the little bit of increased minutes that he's had, too. His last three games have been 10.05, 10.26, and then 12.02. Yep, and so, so they're obviously showing more trust in him with that time on ice. But, yeah, I think when you have a player that overall is consistent in that in that sense, like you mentioned, Justin, I mean, you go up, you protect yourself, you defend yourself, you defend your mm-hmm. team, but also you contribute offensively. And using the body, like, that is huge right now. It's huge because there's not a lot of players in this system that we've seen lately that, that contribute in that way, but that can also contribute – offensively the way that he is so overall I think he's doing great yes with using the body he uses it cleanly and when he came up and was wearing the gold he immediately stepped into the lineup and looked like he hadn't missed a beat Mm -hmm. first few minutes you're obviously going to get your legs under you but since then he has flourished and he has improved and he is able to capitalize but he's also able to create opportunities for his line mates and take clean hits and create that physicality that people like Austin Watson most of the time, he'll take a hit away from the puck, get a penalty. He's the younger, cleaner, and I think more skilled version of Austin Watson. And I think 100% he is an asset to this team right now that needs to stay. And I'm sure we'll see more of him. Okay, going to get Jonah involved here. Jonah, this question comes from Gump and Chase. On Season 2, Episode 19 of The Office, what AHL team's jersey did Dwight give to Michael for his birthday? <laughs> and for bonus points, what was the name of the, of the jersey on the jersey? I mean, Do you know this off the top of your head? The answer would be the Scranton Ice Penguins. No. Not the, the Scranton Penguins. <laughs> no. No, get closer to the mic, oh, bud. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. The Wilkes Bear. The Wilkes Bear Penguins. The Wilkes Bear Penguins. Okay. But for the bonus, I rem- I know this one off the top of yeah. my head. Do you remember what the back said? Where the player name would go? <laughs> oh, wait. It said Shroot. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. Peyton. It's even better. Peyton. I'm going to guess Ryan Whitney. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, Glenn, do you have the answer to this? I get the this? bonus points. Yes. It was. It said from Dwight. <laughs> there we go. That was Dwight's <laughs> gift. Was a jersey that on the back says from Dwight. I don't remember the number, but I remember it said from Dwight. It was a one or a zero. <laughs> I knew the back. I didn't know the team. I knew yeah. the back. I remember because I've seen because it so Michael, much. Yeah, and later on, Michael actually ends up trying to once he branches off and has the Michael Scott Paper Company. He uses Wilkes-Barre Penguins tickets to <laughs> win somebody over. So, okay. I love that team. We're, we're going to continue <laughs> yeah, to have okay, fun yeah. here, Jonah. Make sure you get close to that mic. This one comes from Dan. Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Why is Gamora? Yeah. That's the question. That is the question. Who is Gamora? That's oh my, my question. I'm going to get pounded for asking that, but I don't even know, so I have to sit this one out. Uh, what is Gamora? <laughs> I don't even know what that Where means. Where is Gamora? We don't know. <laughs> How is Gamora? We'll, we'll find, oh, nobody, we'll find yeah, out. Nobody asked how, how is Gamora she? is. Is she is okay? Is he okay? Well, one, is of them, one of them is dead. Oh, there's uh, two the, Gamoras? The, the I'm going to turn my mic off alive. Oh, I didn't know there was two. I didn't even know there was one. Now there's y'all, two. Y'all get caught up on your Marvel. You're killing me. I'm sorry. I'm stuck on the office. Don't fire me. You are killing me here. Okay, this one, Peyton, I'm going to go to you first here. So this one's from Kennedy. Should Chick-fil-A be open on Sundays? Nah. No. 
No, it should. Y'all, I mean, can, y'all can live without Chick Fil A for one day. For one day. Come on. Let them have their day off. That's true. At Kathy started it for a reason. You want to make sure his employees can have a day off to rest, yep. do whatever they need to do to have that one day off guaranteed. Because we've Give seen their Sabbath how yeah how many corporate cultures have done it to where yeah. they're con- making their employees work seven days a week. They're doing all these things like that as well. Peyton, you're, Peyton yes, Sundays you, Peyton. are <laughs> Sundays are reserved for real chicken, like bone in fried chicken with fried cornbread. <laughs> That's your grandma made. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, I mean, sure. Eat at home. This just got intense. Get closer to the mic, Jonah. <laughs> I agree with Kanye West. I believe that it should be closed on Sundays. Did he say that? Yes, did he, he did. He Have talks about Chick-fil-A? His new gospel album, his new no. gospel album is really, really the, great. Wait, does he sing about Chick-fil-A being closed on Sundays? Yes, <laughs> yes he has a Chick-fil-A song, Glenn. He really okay, does. I'm Googling this it's on the really break. Great. Is this real? <sighs> this is real. This Good is real. Lord, what kind of world are we living in? I love this it. Is, this is really real. Okay. Next one. I'm going to go with Danielle here as I'm just going around. We're go, kind of playing like around the horn here. I love it. Okay, Popcorn Col- me. <laughs> Colin Blackwell. This one is coming in from, let's see here. We've had a bunch of people ask about Colin Blackwell. This one comes from Dennis. So, has Blackwell's play made a couple expendable at the trade deadline? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I've liked his play. His I play, have too. I have as well. He's he's kind of fit right in in terms of his role, and he's not someone that you've really noticed, but he's been doing good things and hustling on the ice that have kind of been able to open up some plays, create opportunities. I mean, and he's been overshadowed in both he of has. his goals. Well, he, he has one hundred percent. I mean, the lacrosse goal and the Pekka, and the Pekka goal. Yeah. Exactly. Can't can't catch a break, <laughs> but hey, let's make it and push harder. Exactly. But I also haven't some. gotten used to hearing. Um, Willie and they say my name, like screaming yeah. Blackwell. And I'm like, what? 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 Hello? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's move. It's yeah. my turn. Yes, sir. <laughs> but hey, Blackwell has three points in the last four games, two goals out of the last three games as well. And he's driving to the net. That was the nice tip in there. It was from Benino, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Where he basically just redirected the puck in. And that was, that was beautiful. And he's, again, same thing, driving to the net. So I've liked Colin Blackwell's game. And even if it means he's just an extra forward, he's he's an easy guy to go in there. And it's making it to where they have some tough decisions as the team gets healthy. As we see, Austin Watson's kind of, I don't want to say lost his place in there, but it's because why change what's working right now. I'm sure there'll be a time when Austin Watson will be in the lineup. It just It's just going to happen, yeah. and that, I understand that. But then I'm sure there's going to be a time. Colton Sissons, when he's healthy, as well, it's going to be some tough decisions for this team. But that's what you want that's a good place right to now. Be. You want there to be tough decisions and guys battling to be out there on the ice. You don't want it to be easy because then it's too easy and they get complacent. Well, Complacency yeah. is why this team has not been as successful in the past couple of years in the in the postseason because I don't think that the hunger as much has been there like it was when they had to almost back into the playoffs and then kickstart it and realize we're the underdogs. Yeah. We have to go and do this for ourselves. So well, if, if it, nothing's given. Yeah, and when it becomes too easy, that means that you've got a few deadweight players on your team that aren't working out. So when it becomes too easy to say, man, if when it comes time to make cuts, we know who's going. You don't ever want to be in that place. And looking at the heat maps on natural stature from the last few games, the team has bought in. Matt Jashun said that they were going to buy in, and all of their heat is coming from the slot and coming in front of the net. And they are playing tighter hockey up the middle, and that's they're all buying in. Blackwell's buying in. Mm-hmm. The team likes this system. It's We can't say 100%, yeah, they're going to kill it with this system. It's only been a few games. But looking at the stats, everybody's seeming to buy in here. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to answer more next. Again, if you want to call and interact with us on the show, talk some hockey, 615-737-1025. More questions next. We're going to talk about the lineup. We have a few fun ones as well because we always do. I'm next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here in ESPN 1025 The Game. Man. Because we're actually, all feeling it. Yeah. 
I want to listen to that. I'm going, when I go home tonight, that's all I'm listening to. Uh, Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Daniel, Danana Jonas Story, Peyton Turnage, and we have a lot of live broadcasts coming up this weekend here on Penalty Box Radio, lots of college hockey. Peyton, give us the rundown of what people can listen to. So, on Friday night, we've got UT versus Clemson, and our buddy Sam Fleming's going to be on the call of that game. Also, Friday night, we'll have, we'll have MTSU versus Mississippi State. Our own Abigail Martin is going to make her broadcasting right. debut. Um, Saturday, yeah. we've got all three teams in action, uh, MTSU versus Mississippi State again. Vanderbilt will be playing against Santa Clara, and then UT versus Clemson again. I'll be on the call of Andy versus Santa Clara uh, that night. Sunday night uh, at 10 o'clock, I believe, will be MTSU versus Santa Clara, and Jordan Simony will be on the call of that game. So we'll have four different broadcasters. You can tune in on our uh, Mixler page. It's uh, mixlr.com slash penaltyboxradio, and the alternate feed is mixlr.com slash penaltyboxradio2. We're like the BBC folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So just stay tuned to our social media to find out what games are on which channel. PBR1, PBR2, PBR3. <laughs> we have all the channels and have it covered. And if Today you want, on the BBC. If you want to go watch these games live, Ford Ice Center Antioch and Ford Ice Center Bellevue, and all the way over in Knoxville, where, Danielle? You know what? I couldn't tell you the name of the rink. It's a new rink. I've never been oh, there before. Okay. But if you're in Knoxville, come out. I'll be between the benches. It's going to be a great time. Just come out. So we cover college hockey here. We do whatever we can. And then, hey, for me, I'm going to be covering college hockey down in Savannah this weekend. Savannah. Savannah at the Savannah Hockey Classic. Get you some molasses. It's gonna- <laughs> Justin, bring me a present. I'll get some buttered biscuits down there, too. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> delicious. The Savannah Hockey Classic, they put on a wonderful event down there. It is Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, and Florida State playing. So lots of coverage of college hockey coming to Penalty Box Radio this weekend. And it's some great rivalry games. Georgia, Georgia Tech do not like each other. Georgia, Florida do not like each other whatsoever. So there's going to be some fun games as well in Florida State. Florida, great in-state rivalry as well. So 6,000 people come out for club hockey in Savannah. It is one of the biggest Ooh. events in Savannah. They sell at their Civic Center. It is absolutely fun to watch. So for some reason, if you're in Atlanta and can make it to Savannah, come down there. If you're in the Savannah area, Charleston, whatever, Jacksonville, come down to Savannah. Watch these college teams play some hockey in front of huge, huge crowds. It's going to be a lot of fun. So there's that. Remember, we have the P. <laughs> <laughs> the PBR1 and PBR2. Okay, okay, so we have Scott in line, wants to talk college games. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing all right, sir. How are you? Good. You're taking care of my son. That's what I need to know more, most importantly. <laughs> well, hey, that's what we try to do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, I just remember we had such a good time uh, with the college. I'd like to hear of y'all uh, putting some college hockey together. I don't know if you remember, Justin, the time that we had the lockout where we went over and watched Vanderbilt play Xavier. Yes. And we rallied those guys back from like a four or five goal deficit. That was about the most awesome time that night. That was a lot I of know. fun. I remember it, and the Xavier players did not feel too happy about that. They even threw things oh, over the glass. They, yeah, I think they were throwing stuff at us before all that game was over with. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, boy, that was just a good time. And I just reminiscing about that when y'all were talking about hockey and uh about how good a time that was. So, big, yeah, big, we need to we need to throw that out and there. And the big thing sometimes. about that game is the reason the guy got so triggered is because we were calling my man's a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a fun game, Scott. Thank you so much. And yes, we are taking very good care of your son here. And he's been a wonderful part of the show, and we're glad to have Jonah here. And yes, that was fun. Vanderbilt and Xavier during the lockout. That was when they had. Uh, 
not 1030 starts at Centennial Sportsplex. Oh, I'd be throwing <laughs> stuff too. I'd be tired. Oh, yeah. Those are fun <laughs> games. Myself and Pat and Fuquay broadcasting those games at night too. So, yes, that's how Kyle got started with us as broadcasting college hockey during the lockout. So, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, go out and support these local college teams. They would love to have you in the arena cheering them on. So, those of you in Knoxville, those of you here in Nashville, get to Bellevue, get to Antioch, and get to Knoxville, support those teams. And, hey, lots of good rivalries because all these games are going to determine seeding for the SECAC tournament, which is coming up in a few weeks as well. Okay, let's get back to our questions here. This one's from Casey. Are people who don't like the lacrosse-style goals just butthurt, or do they have a legitimate point that it's not a hockey play? A hockey play is a play that is played in hockey. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's a hockey play. And (laughs) the puck goes in the net, and it's a goal. That's a hockey play goal. And I don't know how and else it's not to above the crossbar. It. And if a player can score a lacrosse goal, give him a high five. Yeah, Pop off. <laughs> because Just it's, hug the dude. We have found That's out talent. it is very rare. It's rare. <laughs> so I mean, Svechnikov has done it twice. Forsberg's now done it uh, once, and he's been trying so much. But it's one of those things. It's going to make goaltenders change their game as well and how to defend things. If you see a guy going behind the net with some speed and he's not being defended as much, yeah, yeah they're going to try to get their shoulder up and their head over. It's, it's going to change the VH is what the, it's really going to do. The more I, I – mean, obviously, like a lot of people watched it over and over. Um, but I started kind of looking at Mike Smith when that happened, and you can almost tell that he – not anticipated that, but he knew something. He knew something was coming. But Forsberg had just enough time to read that situation where he was able to execute. So kudos to him. I think the only people who do not, who do, who do not like this play, I would like to call them the hockey boomers. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we need to close it up. That's so again, so make sure you tune in to our coverage of college hockey this weekend. High school games coming up on Monday night as well. So big thanks to Max for taking care of us, to Jonah and Peyton and Danielle in studio. And for Glenn Blackwell, this is Justin Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to Penalty Box Theater here on ESPN 1025 The Game.